0: <laughs>
1: welcome to sam and maggie hate glee and maggie it's time mm-hmm. oh it's yeah. it's time um yeah yeah
2: i mean we knew we knew this was coming right um, i guess
1: it's just this feels like this must yeah. be the climax of the show right because this sort is of. kind of what it's been building to forever
2: rachel barry getting her dream yeah. yeah yeah i mean here we are right
1: I mean, yeah. It
2: took, took us a while to get here, uh, and, but that makes sense. And, and a lot the characters of characters had to age.
1: Well, I was going to say, and a lot of other characters and stupid plots and things that were bad. So, you know.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think um, this episode is fine. Sure. Uh, so, and with that sort of tepid <laughs> mood, I think we should really just get into it. Cool. So, so, give me the stats.
1: Yep. So, this is season five, episode 17. The name, Opening Night, because, you know... Anyway, uh, so it originally aired on April 22nd, 2014, with 2.5... Oh, sorry, 2.45 million viewers, which, get this, is up from last week's 2.44 million viewers, so...
2: Well, that's good.
1: Effectively the same number. Statistically yeah, is like 5,000
2: more people? Or, yeah. 500,000? I, I
1: 50 thousand maybe fifty
2: thousand okay yeah i i can't really i've told you before i can't really grasp the oh numbers when no you're... It,
1: it, it's definitely ten thousand now that i look at it so like you know okay. a needle drop in the ocean of viewers i'm sure
2: yeah of tv viewership well, that's something, right? It wasn't a drop, that's wasn't true. a dip.
1: That's true. People are excited to see this finale, this culmination of everything. So,
2: mm-hmm. uh, so it was directed by Eric Stoltz, written by Michael Hitchcock. That's Dalton Scarlet Yep. That wait, that's not his name, but you you get it. Yes. It's Dalton Rumba. That's it. <laughs>
1: yep. Um. Yep. And yeah, so let's jump right in then, Maggie. There's no recap. We're just getting into it here. Of no, course. No, we
2: get it yeah we start the episode in a dream and you can tell that it's a dream pretty much right away yes uh i'm not sure what exactly gives it off um gives it away but i think it's partly like the bed that rachel's in (laughs) is her childhood strawberry shortcake (laughs) dungeon bed well there's Uh, there's
1: also the fact that kurt appears to be like a pa at the broadway show which is another immediate red flag yeah not reality yeah
2: he's like stage manager but he's also wearing one of kurt's old sweaters like yes. high school sweaters
1: yes they're okay yeah um yeah
2: and rachel's bed her her childhood bed is in the middle of the mckinley auditorium stage Mm-hmm. and she she wakes up and she sees um she sees kurt in this sweater and then there's a flash to backstage where she's naked and santana is doing her makeup
1: yes but in a in a Cheerios outfit, Antina also has a stutter when she presents the like nothing outfit. She's like, "Here's your costume," and they're just like, "But the hanger's empty." And Santana's like, "Well, you know, the emperor's new clothes, or the whatever." Emperor
2: wears no clothes. Gotta say, there's a lot of like, um, I don't know. This is partly a weird Santana sex dream. Yes. I gotta be real <laughs> because there's like a part later um, when the number happens that Santana is just like. Wide-eyed, staring at Rachel. It's weird, but I mean,
1: my my favorite thing about this is that they essentially just took like a a smattering of like classic nightmare tropes and just threw them all against the wall.
2: all of them. Because the next, the next part is Rachel in the house of the auditorium in the seating, and uh, she pulls out a tooth. Yes. And then next to her is Karofsky. Yes. Wearing the the red beret. Outfit.
1: Yeah. And then, From and when then,
2: Santana and him were on that like anti-bully patrol.
1: Yes, and then Jacob and Israel is also there. Um, haven't seen him in a He's while. Like, yeah. I
2: love you. Why don't you love me? Yes. like love me, Rachel, something like that. And then Rachel sees Sydney, her producer. Yes. And then Sue and Becky are there also.
0: Yes, <laughs> and
2: Sue says some mean shit to Rachel, like oh, you don't deserve to be up on that stage, but shouldn't you be there? Like,
1: Yeah, well, what's fun about... What? So with Sydney? like, he starts talking and then his voice is, like, very high-pitched. And then yeah. Sue starts talking and her voice is very low-pitched. And then we see a clip of Belly... Uh, or, sorry, of Becky yelling something like, um, get on with it, which we get to see repeated, like, multiple times, like, during yeah. the number also, so...
2: And so Rachel is on stage suddenly. She's in her... She's in a reindeer sweater. Yes. (laughs) uh, A reindeer sweater outfit. You know, very classic Rachel. To the point where it's like, Rachel didn't really wear this This. exact (laughs) outfit before. Yes. Because it's like two on the nose. Yes. You know? Yep. And uh, so she... Only fucking Rachel Berry would have a musical number during a stress dream. No, what the fuck?
1: Right? But it's great because she she sings Love Fool, which...
2: Which is a great sort of like, I don't know nightmare sequence, nightmare dream (laughs) song,
1: yes. Um, Which yeah, so like you're saying, we we get so during this number we get some more like weird shit where it's like Sam and Tina and Santana and Blaine and um, Kurt are all like standing in the like in the middle of the auditorium and like dancing. Yeah, and sometimes they're singing the backup, but there's a there's one scene where. it rapidly switches between them like enjoying themselves singing the backup and then just standing there with their arms crossed not singing and it's and,
2: like... and Santana's eyes are so wide <laughs> this entire thing Blaine is in his warbler yes costume and Tina is goth Tina yep and Shakespeare is on the drums, the drums yes it's like Dak Shepard guitar boy is here yes and then, like, somebody in 1920s, like, really fancy costume sure, is like on a, the piano. Like she, a zoot she's suit? She's wearing, like... No, she's wearing... Not a zoot suit. <laughs> if, if Sue had been wearing one of those, that would have been made, really a good callback. Yeah. Um, But, no, she's wearing, like, opera-length gloves oh, and, like, a really sure. fancy ball gown. Yeah.
1: Well... Yeah. Yeah, because then, then there's a scene where Becky chases... uh. Rachel around while these like heart balloons fall yeah, on the, the floor. Yeah, the heart
2: balloons drop from the ceiling, and then there's there's Rachel. Yes, in the audience. Yep. Like current Rachel.
1: Like like judging herself, being very like mean <laughs> judging. It's great. Um.
2: And then there's like a shit ton of voice distortion on yes. the number.
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> and, and Maggie, there is. Did you did you get the Snapchat I sent you? Because there is a like a very quick scene or like a really quick shot of some person wearing an OJ Simpson mask and it only is there for like two seconds and you're like what
2: Sam I didn't even catch that in the episode like I saw your snapchat and I was like what the fuck is Sam watching Glee (laughs)
1: like but no really like it was so weird and i saw it the first time too but i didn't catch that it was an oj simpson mask i just saw that it was like a black person and i was like that seems racist and then i rewatched, watched and i was like this is just weird now you just made what it if weird it had been
2: matt rutherford what if it was just matt rutherford's face oh my god <laughs> oh my god
1: um but yeah so then uh there's a scene
2: the glee club's biggest secret <laughs>
1: So then there's
2: <laughs> Sam, listen, what if it's a I know what you did last summer sort of thing and Matt Rutherford died and somehow. They all killed him and, the, I and mean, the Glee Club is all keeping it a secret.
1: I mean, the fa the problem is that Finn died, so like that kind of yeah. makes all of that seem real bad if they had <laughs> yeah. done something like that. So Um, but yeah, the,
2: sorry, sorry, everyone. (laughs)
1: There's a scene at the very end. Rachel's lying down in these, like in this balloon pile and everyone who's here, like boo's her. Like they all stand over her and boo at her. And then she wakes up. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's a lot. It's it's, It's a lot. It's
1: a really really thick scene to start the episode with just full of like weird callbacks that aren't really good or like meaningful yeah. but like
2: no they're yeah. definitely not meaningful callbacks because I was like yeah, why <laughs> Well, I think in it's, that, you uni- in in yeah. the red beret uniform, what
1: I, I feel like it's supposed to be playing on that nightmare trope where it's like, oh, I'm back in high school and all of the people who were there who made fun of me are there. And also I'm not wearing any clothes, except they don't really cover that. And my teeth are falling out. And also I didn't study for the test, whatever, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, I love that they start the episode with a number, though. Yes. That's really great. Oh, no. that uh, That is by far thanks. the best part
1: of this, is that we get a number right away. Like, it's been a while. And it's, a,
2: it's a good number, too. Yes. Um, it really fits the mood of the scene, and it, it does bring the energy up for the episode. Yep. We get the Glee title card next, and above it is some tea whistling. Yes. Some <laughs> hot kettle whistling. And uh, we see Kurt making Rachel some tea, and he gives her some tea, too, about how he's like... You can't be reading these reviews online yeah you're no, doing self-sabotage yeah don't read the comments by reading the yeah. haters <laughs> comments
1: yep um and then he confiscates her phone after she tells us that so i guess she already did like a like a i don't know preview she performance did, yeah
2: previews in syracuse that's mu- that must have been what like the tour yeah thing was yeah for funny girl um and Kurt just takes away her phone and internet privileges. Yes. Because she's been uh, too. Yeah, she's been naughty and reading all the these reviews for the um, the previews and stuff. Yeah, and he's and Kurt's like, well, all the reviews were good. And Rachel's like, but what about the comments and the blogs? <laughs> she's like, okay, Rachel. Yep. Uh, and then Kurt promises to make the loft a big love bubble yes. where there is no internet, no phones, no reviews, just love for Rachel Berry and positive affirmation.
1: Yes. Uh, there's also a weird mm-hmm. metaphor about cups and how actors need their cups. be can constantly filled with love and affection because that's what, how yeah. they thrive.
2: Well, I'm not sure actors need that. Rachel Berry definitely yes, does. Yes, agreed. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. Rachel likes to make these grandiose statements being like, "Oh, we as actors, we need to be so 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 built up by the people around us." And I was just <laughs> like, Rachel, you need that,
1: <laughs> which I'm yes. not
2: saying it's a bad thing that you need that. No, it's but just like, let, don't.
1: yeah, let's not drag all the rest of the actors down with you, Rachel. <laughs>
2: uh, so we go back to McKinley. Yeah. Question mark for, uh, for the next scene, <laughs> because I, I was just like surprised to be there. Yes. Sue approaches Will in the hallway as he is harriedly walking places. Yep. And tells him that she knows he has an extra ticket to New York City and that she wants to go. Uh, Will is like, yeah, well, Emma's too pregnant to fly. And then Sue is like, shut up, shut up. The reason why I want to go is because of Sue's corner. Yes. And. <laughs> <laughs> um- oh, yeah. We flashed to the Seuss corner.
1: She she talks about how terrible New York City is. We see yep. this whole rant. That I only wrote down one little clip of it where she talks about a, quote, pork anus frankfurter um, that's been, I think, hmm. uh, crawled on by insects. Anyway, so people, like... we Yeah, she yeah.
2: talks about how it's, like, a, full of garbage. And- yeah. Yeah. That it's, like, gross, and that there's, like, bad people there. You yeah. know, classic Sue's Corner kind of stuff.
1: Yes. Um, so back in reality, uh, Sue tells us that um, the network has gotten a ton of angry calls about the Sue's Corner. Um, and Because... Yeah
2: she's she's worried that everyone's gonna find out that she hasn't gone to New York yes she's been taking a page out of cable news's book and just lying yes about everything um which wow (laughs) so So, fucking topical yes um Uh, yeah and so she
1: to, to to keep her credibility she's gonna she has to go to New York um Do you think Sue's
2: going to be forced um, by the network to take, like, an extended vacation, you know, a la Bill O'Reilly or Tucker Carlson, you know?
1: Well, not yet, because she hasn't pissed off enough people yet. Um, Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, because it sounds like ratings are up, Maggie. They got thousands of angry calls about this new york (laughs) corner this new york city sue's corner so um but will decides to sabotage rachel and tell sue that she has to go to rachel's opening if she wants the new york city ticket
2: yeah he'll give her the ticket if she goes to the opening night which i guess will is like oh well sue will probably be the supportive version of herself and like <laughs> every, be nice? every
1: time god makes a sue episode of glee he flips a coin um
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, you mean ryan murphy okay sure. we we are in sue's office as yes. leaves, and sue um goes into an extended dream sequence while looking at a snow globe yes on her desk oh my god um, this we...
1: <laughs> but maggie the snow globe transition
2: the snow, yeah, the snow globe transition
0: though
1: tradition. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's bizarre. Um, but I kind of love it.
2: Describe describe the camera f- action well, for me, Sam. So
1: she she shakes the snow globe to make it snow, and then the camera zooms in on this like weird little like fake-looking New York City skyline. And then we see like they have like a little bubble of the camera in the middle of the snow globe where we see mm-hmm. real life Will and Sue like in front of fake New York City buildings on the auditorium stage as they begin singing NYC um from, from Annie. Annie. Yeah. <laughs> which I yes. guess is Sue's favorite musical cuz she's done multiple numbers from Annie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Little Girls was recent. Yep. I, she loves Annie. Yes. Um which I guess sort of makes sense. I want to say that Jane Lynch has definitely played that role of like the the evil matron.
1: Well, and also if you think about it Sue's life is kind of like Annie's because...
2: Kind of like Annie because yeah. of the Cheerios, and her, I guess. And her
1: parents were Nazi hunters, so they never cooked for her, as we find out later this episode. Yeah. So maybe she yep. felt like an orphan. Um,
2: I guess. Uh, also, the, it was like number-
1: 1820, so who knows? <laughs>
2: The snow Clo- the snow globe dream sequence transitions into them actually being in New York City. Yes, um, they do like the fake going down the stairs. Yeah, and they're so, uh, prank.
1: They're so bad at it. Both of them are actually very bad. Jane Lynch especially, but also Will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, they do. Uh, Matt Morrison does some cool dancing yeah. during this number. Yeah. Yep. Oh, whatever. <laughs> All of his good dancing and his good singing has been poisoned by Will. Yes. Uh, exactly. And. They do the fake going down the stairs thing, the prank. Oh, pranked. You're actually in New York. They come out of the subway <laughs> and Sue's what, like... What a good prank. Oh, it smells like barf.
1: Well, okay. So here's my thing. They come out of the same fucking subway that every single person on the Everyone. show does. So my yeah, first...
2: Yeah, Rachel, my question, Santana.
1: My, my question when I saw it was, are they staying in the fucking loft? Um, which, more present yeah, than we'll, I thought. Um.
2: We'll get to that. Um, We are at the loft next and tina is here and she brought a plant as all good guests do yes and (laughs) uh she comes into the loft gives rachel the plant and rachel thanks her silently Mm -hmm. uh, because she is resting her voice uh tina then lists everyone who isn't there talks about the internet reviews um tells everyone that she's dating a new gay man and um yeah just a basically brings the anxiety level up yes. dramatically. um she sort of pops the big love bubble and everyone's like hey shut the fuck up
1: <laughs> no hey, shut the fuck up but literally people are like shut up tina <laughs> like it's so good um one other fun note here we find out that Artie's american beauty plagiarism film got into a festival so that's why he's not here <laughs> Um, I looked up that scene, That's Real though, I looked up that scene and literally that footage, I think is the exact same footage as the one from the American yeah. beauty scene. And it's just like, yep. fuck it. Fuck it. Glee. I guess, Why? Okay. I
2: guess that, that movie just doesn't exist.
1: Maybe not. In this universe. Neither does Lady Gaga. Cause he stole her material too. Um, so
2: <laughs> yeah, well it, it was okay. With the rags, the homeless clown, uh, <laughs> Like sure. <laughs> that that film. I feel like it's a little bit different in that like it is sort of Lady Gaga esque imagery, but really to me it seems more like Artie is plagiarizing himself by reusing work sure. from before and giving it a new name.
1: Yeah. Which as we all know, <laughs> plagiarizing yourself is totally okay. So um Is it no though? It's I not. feel
2: like I've gotten mixed messages <laughs> about that. You're
1: not supposed to, I don't think. This is not this is not an advice podcast um but i would advise against not plagiarizing yourself because i think you'll still get in trouble so anyway
2: but like how would they know well right i don't know
1: so anyway like you
2: (laughs) that i i'm with sam i (laughs) Do whatever Sam suggests. But I'm gonna stand by whatever he says I, today.
1: I like I, I like that you brought up the their fun little joke where Tina's like, "Well, I was dating a guy, but it turns out he and then everyone was like, it, 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 she's like, Gag. it turns out he was it's homosexual, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, well, yes, and then yes. right after that, Sam is like, knew it, um, which, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah,
2: and uh, so I guess that's Tina's thing now, um, dating gay sure. guys, yeah, yeah. I guess the real thing um, that is Tina's is everyone hates her.
1: Well, okay. But that's not new. That's been Tina's thing no. forever.
2: <laughs> and like the show fucking hates her too. Like, yes. Which this, uh, this is, Mercedes, well, is, yeah. Mercedes ends this uh, little scene by being like, Tina, you're going to stay with me.
1: Yes. Well, and Rachel also is like, I'm, it's all good. I'm going to go take a nap. Um, so then
2: stars need their beauty rest.
1: Yes. So then we cut to the next scene. Where Kurt awakens, and this yes. is this in the middle of the day with a nap, because uh, then he says no, night later. So
2: I think it's I think it's night. But I don't think they have like a designated nap time <laughs> where everyone in the loft goes to sleep but, for like a few hours. But the problem, I don't think so. The problem
1: is that first scene with the nightmare. Rachel wakes up and and Kurt makes tea, and on the calendar every day up to opening night day is crossed out which means Mm. what night is this like is this the special night that's in the middle Mm -hmm. of the day before opening night I don't know um
2: Um, (laughs) well but it's like insinuated that the next morning yes happens right
1: which doesn't make sense I don't
2: know Sam I don't know the show's bad I know that's what happened I'm
1: not not throwing this at your face Maggie I'm throwing this at Glee's face
2: (laughs) Um, Kurt is being cradled by his body pillow. Yes, is it named Bruce? I think I can't so. Remember. It
1: sounds right.
2: Ooh, okay. Um, so he he comes upon he is awakened by Rachel's. Um, Rachel's listening to like a really
1: negative I don't know, ornery yeah.
2: YouTuber. <laughs> yes, talking about how much Rachel was terrible, and uh, Kurt comes in, takes away her laptop. Um, he refers to what Rachel is doing as cyber cutting yeah uh, that's uh, i mean it's like it is a it is a documented thing right to do like yes um self-harm by consuming hate on the internet sure
1: i just don't like but, the term maybe i don't know
2: yeah the term is bad yeah. um so yeah cyber self-harm would would work just as well, well and it yeah. has a better ring to it even because Cyber cutting has has the C's two different C sounds. Yes, also rather than uh, cyber self harm. And
1: the first time I heard it, I thought it meant li- like like when you just hear that phrase, it makes me think like, oh, you're going to Being cable cut with, like a lightsaber. It's the reverse or of it's the reverse of cable cutting. It's going it's going mm-hmm. back from using streaming services to going back to cable, which sounds like a bad idea. But anyway, so I yeah.
2: Wow, I've never heard the term cable cutting. Really? But oh, it's no. it's something
1: the boomers talk about a lot because you know. Yeah,
2: I mean, fuck the boomers. I'm not interested in talking to right. the majority of them. Sure, honestly.
1: Yeah, hard stance. Uh,
2: we <laughs> we go to the love buffet. Yes. Which is what Rachel referred to everyone as. Yes. Um, <laughs> in the previous scene, she's like, "Oh, I'm so glad to have everyone here. A true love buffet. Yes, for me to feast," and we we go to them when kurt is is briefing them on what's happened mm-hmm. but he found rachel in the middle of the night shamefully consuming hate yes and uh, we we get little flashes of each of them trying to comfort her. Yes. So Kurt brings her a basket of items with a note that's forged that says it's from Barbara. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, okay. it's misspelled. but that's like the
1: bet. Like, honestly, that's one of my favorite scenes from this episode period is Rachel, like yeah. reading this note and like getting visibly excited and then reading the last, like reading the, how Barbara is spelled. And then she's like, Kurt, you would know better than anyone that Barbara dropped the A when she turned 18.
2: Tina's an act of rebellion. How dare you? Did Tina write this?
1: (laughs) Yes, Um, which okay, so then the other two. So Sam goes in with his guitar, and we see a part where Rachel literally takes a knife and cuts the strings on his guitar. Yeah. (laughs) Um, just like has it. Um, and then uh I'm not entirely sure what happens with the Blaine thing. I think Blaine goes in with the intent to like Give her a massage? Oh,
2: yeah. What what Blaine says is that he's going to give her his magic hands. (laughs) But we never see what he does.
1: well, mostly because he, like, I think it's implied that, like, she must have, like, drawn the knife on him as well or something because...
2: Did he finger her?
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Is that what that means? No, I I get that it probably means massage, but it's like. It's so
1: weird. weird. It's so weird. Especially uh, because we we don't see how it. Like, we just get a shot of Blaine being like, okay, I'll leave or something like that. Like, we don't see what her actual response to Blaine is, but like, she has a fucking knife for some reason just next to her pillow. So.
2: Then we go back to the designated hangout area of the loft yeah. uh, where they're all discussing how much they hate Twitter. Yes. And <laughs> Sue arrives uh, to call uh. Tina Asia number one. Yep. And then Cheech and Chang, um, which doesn't even make sense because it's not like Tina does drugs. Like what? <laughs> no. Um, yeah.
1: It, it's yeah.
2: And Sue is like, I, I realized that Will brought me here to New York to try to seduce me because he got us a hotel room with one bed in it. Yeah, well, and instead of staying there, I'm going to stay here in your home.
1: Yes, which she also is like I'm they're like what are you doing here? And she's like, "Oh, I'm here to see Rachel choke on her opening night." And Rachel from the like the other room was like, "I'm back here. I can hear you." And she <laughs> so was like, "Yeah, well, I want you to hear me. I know you're going to choke." <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, my, my favorite thing is the little clip though, where she and Will walk into this hotel room and then Will's like, oh shoot, I asked them to give us two twin beds. And then, uh, Sue was like adultery. That's what this is, William. And then she just like walks out, which is actually very well delivered. I yeah.
2: Think. I mean, if, um, Will Schuster, if I was sharing a hotel room with Will Schuster, I don't know how I'd get into that situation seeing as he's a fictional character, but if if he had got us a hotel room and it had just the one bed in it when I was expecting two, I would probably have a similar reaction.
1: I I would definitely just leave. Like, I wouldn't be sleeping in that hotel yeah. room. Yeah. Um
2: No, no. No. Not with the way that he, I don't know,
1: is. No. Yeah. Um so then we get a clip which is also very well done.
2: Well, oh, first no. first we see Tina saying, "Things could not get any worse." Yes. And that's when we cut to the street below, where Santana's shoes—you can tell they're Santana right away. Yes. It's, I don't know how, but you can. <laughs> and it—it it just pans up her entire body so that you can get a real—I don't know—once over. Yeah. Uh, and we come up to Santana's face, where her hair seems even bigger than it was before, and a pigeon, <laughs> <laughs> so it flies up from
1: below. <laughs> It's so well done, though, because the way, like, Santana is, like, it's very, like, getting out of this taxi, or this taxi is so sexy. Like, the way she's doing it, and then this she pigeon, this Yuck. pigeon just flies up and ruins it. It's so good. <laughs> uh. And,
2: and Santana's, Santana's just like, <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> it's very funny.
2: Then she gets her composure. Yes. And we we actually just move the camera back to the loft. Yep. Um, and Santana comes in and she says give me four minutes with Rachel yep I can fix this well she goes in there
1: there's a a little fun joke where Sue outside of Rachel's room is telling her that she should eat a spoonful of mustard to throw up um
2: yeah that like if she eats this Sue says that she eats a spoonful of mustard when she's nervous and throws up just to get it out of the way yeah (laughs) Um, I don't know if, a sp- like, spoonfuls of mustard shouldn't make you throw up. I
1: mean, like, I've never had one, so I wouldn't know, but...
2: I guess I'd never have just a spoonful of mustard by itself, but... It
1: does sound kind of heinous, but anyway, Santana... Mostly I bring it up just because Sue walks out right as Santana gets in to be like, I'll go get the Grey Poupon, and then Santana's like, yeah. what? Mostly because that's the reaction Yay, to a... a
2: Grey Poupon reference.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of, like, that... Like, literally, there are so many instances this episode where Sue says something that either, like, references an old character trait or just is random and weird, and someone is just like, what? Um, which, I guess, is I mean, the show. I
2: mean, this has to be Sue's last episode, right? I mean,
1: I need it to be. Like, legitimately, I need this to be <laughs> Sue's last episode, uh, so.
2: So, Santana tells Rachel that she's the closer. Yes. And that in two minutes, Rachel will get out of this bed. And we'll be ready to tackle anything. Uh, And she is like, well, I was looking up some reviews in the cab on the way here. So I'll read this to you. And she reads a review that describes whoever it's about really um, terribly. And then, bam, it was about Barbara as Fanny. Oh, and Rachel's like, you tricked me. (laughs) And Santana's just like, yes. By the way, you can't do this badly both you and i we both have a similar mindset we either do things full force or don't do them at all yes
1: um which is it's funny because when she goes in rachel's like no pep talk is gonna get me out of this bed and satan's like who said i was gonna give you a pep talk and then
2: she gives her a pep talk yes so (laughs) yes
1: um my favorite line she also
2: tells her to doubt to um uh, rent the notebook yes for a pep talk <laughs> yes. like what
1: yeah, no i do like that line which is like if you want a pep talk call mr shoe or rent the notebook um
2: <laughs> it doesn't pump anyone up to see two people die in each other's arms like what the fuck i mean it
1: is kind of hopeful like a positive kind of thing
2: but it's not like it's about yeah it's not getting pumped up for your big dream <laughs> no
1: um my favorite line from santana's pep talk is who gives a crap what all the peasants think, which really sums up why Santana and Rachel are two of my favorite characters from the show. No, totally. Like,
2: <laughs> and why they're... Um, I mean, they're primed to be best friends for the rest of their life. Yes. You know?
1: Which, okay. Uh, can we just address this real quick? Where Sure. Is, Where's Brittany? Did, well, did Santana and Brittany get their own place in New York? Or, like, what is going on? Um, like, why is Santana just here now? Like, she got out of a uh, out of a cab, but, like where from i just
2: and where's britney and what's santana doing we assume that she's just back in new york right
1: yeah like there's no way they were on vacation for a full year like (laughs) i mean but
2: i guess they were
1: i don't know so anyway we can move on rachel comes out and is excited Um,
2: And they all share a group hug. Yes. Woo. Now we're at opening night. Sue is trying to scalp her ticket outside. Yes. Uh, We also hear another um, scalper like yelling about tickets. And Will yells at her. He's like, why are you doing this? Like, don't you want (laughs) to see Rachel succeed? And Sue's just like, hell no. Yes. I don't even want to be here. Yeah.
1: Which, yeah. Again. Will is surprised that Sue is awful for some reason. Um, also, I forgot to mention I'm still shocked that Will didn't get fired. Like he still works yeah. at the school, I guess, which is yeah, bizarre. Yeah,
2: as um as a history teacher, but we've one could assume. we've
1: established that he's a bad history teacher. Like,
2: and didn't he get that the the uh, not the audition, the interview? Well, maybe at Carmel High. Maybe
1: he didn't take it because he loves live or he loves McKinley so much. Um mm. anyway, so Sue looks at the other scalper who is played by Chris Parnell. Um Ugh. which
2: I ca- I just called him Dr. Spachemon <laughs> yeah. in my notes. I was gonna
1: say if you're a 30 rock viewer, you'll know him as Dr. Leo Spachemin. Um, I mean,
2: he's also from SNL yes. and a variety of other things where he just plays like sort of nonsensical yes. characters. Um which he does here as well, honestly. Yes. Uh because he makes eye contact with Sue. And winks. Yes. At her
1: <laughs> Yeah, well and it, it causes both of them to not scalp like, their tickets. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the way that they make eye contact makes you assume that these characters know each other. Sure. But they don't. No.
1: No, Maggie, it's uh, it's it you know what we had been missing in the show for five and, for what? four and a half seasons? A, a Sue, Sue love, love story?
2: story. Oh wait. No, I mean we've gotten a few. <laughs>
1: oh wait, that's right. We have. So we didn't need There's
2: this. the there's the bit where she um the one where she fucks rod yep
1: and the one where she marries herself and yep the one i think there oh the one where she's interested in the superintendent yeah like
2: yeah and there's a few characters that she just sort of throws herself at
1: yeah
2: um ricky martin oh sure none of this is like shaming no sue of course i mean she's got she got to get it you know nothing wrong with that but um I mean, it's so it's totally unnecessary for this uh, musical show about teenagers. Yes. Well, it's just,
1: you know how <laughs> this is opening night, and it's about how Rachel is doing her opening night? Nah, fuck that. It's about Sue. Nah.
2: <laughs> it's about Sue and Dr. Spichemin fucking. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about. Yep. Um, okay. So, they don't sell their tickets. Whatever. We go to Rachel's dressing room. Where Will gives her some flowers, yes, and is like, "This is such a big deal for us. I mean, for you." <laughs>
1: no, I, yep. We get we get confirmation <laughs> of his vicarious wish fulfillment, which is sad. Um, yep.
2: And Rachel's just like, "Thank you. You know, I got a ticket for Finn, so there'll there'll be an empty seat for him." And Will's and she's like, "Is that dumb?" And Will's like, "No, it's good." Yes. And then he tells her that he's proud, and that this is the best gift that she could give him.
1: Yep and he touches her face okay. which is weird but then mm. will gets a call from Emma because she, does what
2: does Emma exist anymore no <laughs>
1: when we watched this episode chris is like i don't think she's on the show anymore i don't <laughs> i don't think they want to pay her anymore which i don't blame her no. um yeah but she her water broke so she's going to have the baby so will is like oh wait for me um and rushes out of the room because
2: i suppose yeah. Emma's pregnancy could be a good like time measurement for us sure. but it's also very nebulous yeah uh,
1: no absolutely yeah it, it, I mean okay Emma so Emma told Will that she was pregnant around when graduation happened right yep so that would be in like and May. that would have
2: been in May yeah are you doing some math over there <laughs> just like
1: sil- is, is this should January? I hear scribbling <laughs> Is this January?
2: <laughs> All right, pencils down. <laughs> um, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Um, I did. I do have to admit. I just kind of like counted on my fingers a little and like didn't actually do it right. So, okay, maybe February, May,
2: J- April, May, May, June, <laughs> July, August. September, October, November, December, January. That January makes nine months. Yeah. But maybe this baby needed 10.
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean...
2: Because it feels more like early spring. Yeah.
1: Because like... And, and you could argue like maybe it was like mid to late May um, on conception. Or maybe so.
2: it was even June. Yeah. Some people graduate in June. God, what a
1: hellish place to be, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> no. But yeah. So, like... Yeah. February let's let's put it in a, in a February yeah. I mean it could be Smarch it's always Smarch in the Glee universe um, it's
2: always Smarch and Glee yeah. and uh thank god Will has to leave <laughs> yeah. he can't even stay for the show no he has to go it's
1: the best uh, part of this episode
2: <laughs> and uh we get a a long sustained shot of Rachel going down multiple staircases mm-hmm. in the backstage area um, because as the star, she gets the the dressing room that's furthest away from the stage. Yep, I guess, and uh, she she's really you know, I don't know, feeling her fanny self.
1: Yes, um, I do like the moment. So she goes and stands on the stage facing the curtain. Um, we hear her heartbeat for a few seconds, and then mm-hmm. the curtain rises. And we cut to commercial. Um.
2: Well, we get we get applause um, yeah. at Rachel's appearance. And then um, the camera swaps to be in front of her. And she just has a big smile on her face. Yes. And that's when we cut to commercial. We come back for uh, The Greatest Star. Yeah. And Sue sucks really loudly yes. in, the, in the audience. Like talking about how this is so terrible and how she doesn't want to be here. And Kurt's like, "Can you shut up? You're right next to the New York Times critic." <laughs> Which and okay, let's can we
1: pause for a second? Yeah. Why the fuck is Sue's seat between the New York Times critic and Kurt? Where's the seat that Will was supposed to have?
2: Will Woods. Will's gonna take. Yeah, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Because I seriously doubt that the New York Times critic had to scalp Will's ticket in order to get a seat <laughs> at this show. That is just so unbelievable. It makes zero sense. Like, just to manufacture this bullshit drama for this episode, they decided to, like, stage this. And it's just so stupid. It just...
2: No, I completely agree. It's very stupid. It's frustratingly stupid in that Sue talks over this whole number extremely loudly, um, shoves herself out of the seating by... Like putting her, like palming the, <laughs> the head. The dude's head, yeah. That like a basketball <laughs> yep. as she's exiting the seats. We also see that Spachemin is leaving as well. Yes. And uh, yeah, Rachel definitely sees this happen. Yes. There's like a little bit of crisis of confidence as she's singing, but then we get shots from other characters to suggest that Rachel has bounced back. Yes. Uh, even though Rachel seems pretty even keel for the entire number. Yes. Uh, and to be honest, I prefer Kurt's version Ooh, to Rachel's. Okay.
1: Okay. That's fair. What's up? Um, I forgot that Kurt did this number. Did this in, yeah.
2: He did it in season three when he auditioning was auditioning for, for West Side Story to be Tony. And he climbed all over the scaffolding, Yeah scaffolding and spun and the sigh, twirled his side. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, yeah, I forgot that completely. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's fine. Um, I also like, like you were saying, it's clear that the cinematography wants us to believe that Rachel saw them leave. And later she confirms that she saw it, but, like, it doesn't impact her performance whatsoever. And our only reason that, like, we think that there's any kind of crisis is because it cuts the people in the audience being, like, or, like, Blaine specifically being like, <gasps> like, in the audience. So, yeah. sure. Like, but I don't know. Leah Michelle is a very good singer. Don't, don't try to sell me this load of shit, okay? Like, I'm tired of it. Yeah, don't twist yeah. it.
2: Yeah, totally. So, we see Sue in the uh, lobby asking one of the ushers to call her a cab. Yeah. Because I guess cell phones don't exist. <laughs> well, and, if they uh, did, would
1: Sue have one?
2: Yeah. Fucking yes. Maybe, Maggie. <laughs> she's had one in the show.
1: <laughs> maybe she's been to the future, and she knows that cell phones are our downfall. Mm-hmm. So she's decided to stop <gasps> using one.
2: She knows that the EMF waves are going to give us all brain cancer. She knows. Okay. Yeah. That's not true. Anyway, That's, I yeah. mean, maybe it's true. Who gives a shit? We're all going to die anyway. Yeah. The Earth is dying. Yes. Um... Dr. Spichemin comes up to her and is like, oh, you don't know how cabs work, huh? You must huh. not be from here. <laughs> you need to go outside and put your arm out and a cab will stop. And then Sue is like, okay, <laughs> sure. And then well, no, no, no. Dr. Spichemin, whose name is Mario. Yes, I think. it
1: is. Um, but no, <laughs> she's into this. She's like, oh, yeah. I I didn't know. It's just like...
2: I. I yeah, my, my demeanor is really throwing <laughs> off the vibe of this of this retelling. But, like, yeah, they seem down. Both of them seem really down. And, like, well, they're making a lot of eye contact or yes, whatever. Yeah.
1: He, he also hated the show after three seconds of watching it, too. So they have a lot in common. Um,
2: These tickets are, like, at least $150 a pop. Right. Which, well... And, like, opening night? Yeah. Even more expensive. But,
1: Maggie, neither of them paid for them. So, like...
2: Oh yeah, because he got he got his ticket from like a patron. Yes, which is how he phrases it. And then Sue is like, "Oh, are you a sex worker?" <laughs> uh, which d- is like very. Um, it's a jump. Non-judgmental from Sue, yeah. it seems. Yeah. Also,
1: and, yeah, just a weird uh, way to phrase it. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's a nice way to. That's a nice PC way to phrase
1: it. No, no, no. It. I meant I meant uh, saying like, if you were a sex worker, being like, "Oh, my patron got me this ticket," like. <laughs>
2: I think I, that's how I would say it.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> I guess. Um, what, what's the alternative? My 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 John, my dominant master, got me this ticket. Um,
2: <laughs> my my. Well, I mean,
1: my little puppy sub got me this I, ticket.
2: Yeah, here's here's my question. So I would say I, I guess I assume that the majority of sex workers if you're in like dominance and submission play are gonna be the dominance but I suppose like you could hire someone to be your sub yeah that just seems weird yeah to me. I-, I think
1: I think in like more like straight hetero situations I think the woman that's hired is more of a dom mm-hmm. but I think well, in more like gay situations I mean- like it could go either way so
2: Well, I mean, I mean, a straight way situations anyway, it goes anywhere, you know. (laughs) Yes, sexuality is a spectrum. Yes, uh, and Spachemin says that he's a restaurateur, yes, and that Sue needs to come to one of his restaurants, uh, right now. Yes, so that's what's gonna happen. Now we're at the uh, intermission for the show. In Rachel's dressing room, Kurt Sadie's is there, and they're trying to tell Rachel that she's doing really well, and that everything's going great, and then Sydney is there, the producer. He really puts on the pressure, tells Rachel that she can't fuck this up, that she is doing amazing, but she can't do any less than amazing, because reviews and stuff. Yeah,
1: I I wrote down, so it's funny, because Rachel, before Sydney gets there, Rachel's like, well, like, do you think... What about, like, how Sue got up during the middle of the beginning? And do you think the New York Times critic saw her do that? And, like, do you think that's a negative thing for our show? And then Sydney arrives and confirms both that Rachel's doing a great job, but also that that Sue leaving thing is a big problem. Like, (laughs) and it's just like, thanks, Sydney. Sure. Um, Sure. Um, but yeah, so apparently this whole show, like continuance, relies on getting a new- good New York Times review, which seems like a bad model for your show. Maybe mm. like, sure, it's good to have one news outlet like give you a glowing review, but sh-
2: but yeah, totally. <laughs> like, why is it the decision factor for this show continuing? I, yeah, I just or, I, are your yeah. investors going to pull their money? I, I t- I just but there's a bad review. I don't
1: know. It's stupid. I, yeah. And
2: is Sydney trying to pull a sort of like producers esque con where what? the show does close?
1: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, hmm. that would explain why he picked Rachel. She's
2: and that would explain why he gives this pep talk the way he does. Yes. Where he's just like, if you don't go out there and kill it, opening night is going to be the closing night for this show. <laughs> I mean okay to be fair (laughs) that's something to tell your star in the intermission for sure to
1: be fair i do feel like that does have a producers-esque impact where it does make rachel go out there and give the best show of her life which means that the show does really well so
2: oh and there, there's the classic dramatic turn (laughs) ah yes um so we go to one of spachemin's restaurants next yes um where he offers to cook for Sue. Yes. They are like sitting at a bar and he's like, oh, well, can I cook for you? And Sue's like, well, no one has ever cooked for me before, so I don't know what food is. And, <laughs> oh, also, I have
1: a I have a food taster to make sure I'm not going to get poisoned. And Becky's still in Ohio. So, hmm.
2: Um, well, I bet she compensates Becky fairly for that work. Sure, so. yeah. I guess there is that, but yeah, like he, he offers a couple different dishes for Sue to choose from and Sue like is just incapable of choosing yes. because she's never had somebody cook for her. Like what is that logic?
1: <laughs> well, Maggie, it's so that way she can explain that her parents were famous Nazi hunters. Um, sure, cause that backstory needed to happen. And also then she explains her divorce status. Um,
2: well, cause he asks, he's like, Sue, I have to ask, are you married? And Sue says, I'm actually divorced from myself. Yes. I married myself but it didn't work out. We grew apart. Yes. And she, then she asks like Spachemon's not turned off by that. <laughs> no. Sure. He, like, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Sue asks uh what, what's going on with him, like, oh what's what's your deal? And he says that he's married to New York City. Yes, but okay.
1: specifically he says he he loves he loves New York City because she has all of his favorite attributes cruel uh i forgot what the second one is but then a hundred yeah well a hundred stories tall is the last one so he's hitting on sue yep. he's just hitting on her which is fine like yeah. yeah
2: i mean i feel like that's a better thing to do rather than beat around the bush or, just fucking go for or, it whatever yeah. or
1: explain your divorcee status from yourself because the show makes no that sense
2: just the weirdest first date conversation you know yes um Um, but i mean i get it and like marriage to yourself isn't a bad thing because like lizzo says we are our own soulmates but that doesn't mean you need to disclose it it. the way you do yeah
1: but that's like a third date kind of thing not a first date yeah Yeah.
2: where it's like i had this really weird part part of my life where i decided to marry myself I, I mean, wore a tracksuit dress.
1: Yeah, the the big issue is that since Sue lives in the Glee universe, her whole life has been this um, weird part of her life where she decided to marry herself. Yes. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh.
2: So Sue tells him that she knew that Funny Girl would be a disaster, but she didn't know that she'd meet him. Yes. And. Wow. Then he tells her what a a love story for the ages. <laughs> well.
1: Maggie, just wait, because then he tells her that she should have been the one up on that stage.
2: What the (laughs) fuck is that? What?
1: What? Like, it doesn't make any sense. The only reason this is happening is because then Sue and Rachel do a duet of Who Are You Now, which is maybe... Why? I think it might be the first time Rachel and Sue have ever sung together, Um, which... I think that's true. Yeah, which could be a sign that Sue's leaving the show. Um
2: yeah, did did Jane Lynch just wanna sing with with Leah Michelle before the before the show was over? I,
0: yeah, I I guess
2: I, I guess that would make sense, but like why are they sharing this duet? Like there's no point to it No. literally at yeah. all. <laughs> and it sort of like takes away from the emotional impact of like Rachel thinking about Finn yes. during this number. Yep.
1: No, absolutely. Like, it,
2: uh, we get an archive shot of young Finn. The same one we get um, all the time. Yep. Yeah, where he's smiling into the camera, and Rachel cries, but not like a gross Rachel cry, like a subtle single teardrop kind of cry. Yes. And um, yeah, there you go. Well, then we go to Rachel's dressing. Maggie, room, before we get there, sh-
1: I do just have to, I do have to commend Glee on this one. They didn't try to okay. do any fucking hologram nonsense like. <laughs> Thank Christ. We also never saw, like, an empty seat in the audience for Finn. So that was nice, too. Yeah. Um, I just... I appreciate that they're letting... Like, you know, we're, we still have a little bit here. Like, of course, I'm not saying we need to, like, eradicate Finn from the show or anything. But, like, I'm just glad they didn't go over the top in glee fashion and try to do something yeah. buck wild. So...
2: Well, yeah. I And I think what they did do is yes. good. But like I said, the emotional impact is sort of sour. Like
1: Sue and Mario dancing in his Italian restaurant. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: and like, Mario putting his head on Sue's shoulder as we get an above-the-head shot to make Sue look even taller. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: And like, Chris Parnell is clearly sort of slumping so that he can get his head onto Sue's shoulder. I
0: mean, yes.
2: It's just, yeah. it's a mess, folks. It's a mess. <laughs> um And... Because uh, like why? Why are they doing this? I don't need a sue romantic plotline. <laughs> <laughs> what yes. the fuck? Um, we go to Rachel's dressing room where somebody points out that she got flowers from the rest of the gang. Yep. So Puck, Quinn, Artie, Artie. Artie. Yeah.
1: Mike, yeah, yep.
2: Mike. Uh, which is great. Love that there's a mention of Mike Chang. I wish she was here. And Sydney is ecstatic. He comes into the dressing room to tell tell everyone what a great job Rachel did and how there's gonna be a cast party and it's gonna be dinner at Elio's yes restaurant yeah uh, I, not and not Mario's
1: so not the place not where sue and Mario are
2: even though I sort of assumed that's that was what was gonna happen it's no. not um and he's gonna buy everyone dinner yay and yes. then he leaves. And then Rachel's like, that's not actually what I want to do, y'all. I just want to hang out with you, my friends. And Blaine, Blaine yes. suggests a bizarre venue uh, yeah, he t- that he's sure everyone will love.
1: <laughs> yeah, he takes them all to a sweaty gay club. Um,
2: is, that, is that what this is? Is that how you would describe this venue?
1: Yes. it's like It's got, like, cages. And it's like...
2: Yeah, there, there are cages... Um, Lots of people in like mesh shirts. Yes, well, that's where the gay and comes in. And the bartender, yeah. yeah, the bartender is topless, and um, yeah, I, there are definitely like people like making out and stuff, just sort of around. Um, but the lighting in this club is really bright. Yes. And
0: <laughs> yes, it's
1: it's it's like yeah.
2: And it, there's like no music playing when they first arrive. No.
1: But people are dancing and, still. Like there's a dance floor, so
2: which makes sense because in TV you don't right. You there's no music you, when you're dancing. You dance the beat of your own drum. TV.
1: Right. Yeah. But so they, they and, Yeah. I, it's a bizarre. It's a bizarre place.
2: This bar is just weird <laughs> as fuck. Like what is it? It. <laughs> well, it's there's no theme.
1: I think the theme is everyone takes their shirts off at some point. Um
2: because well so
1: they go in and we know it's a gay bar because the bartender recognizes rachel um and says that she has to sing in broadway tradition
2: i was i was almost sure that there was a mechanical bull (laughs) in the middle of this bar for like a moment um and i was like oh when rachel sings she's gonna ride the bull but there isn't one. No. I don't know why I thought there was. I
1: mean, to be fair, it wouldn't be out of place in this club. It would make about as much sense as everything else happening. Um,
2: there is like a weird chair yeah. that somebody is straddling in one of the catwalks <laughs> of this bar.
1: Yeah, well, well. so here, the reason we, we see so much of this bar is because Rachel's like,
2: oh, okay,
1: and she sings Pumpin' Blood um,
2: oh, yeah, because the bartender says she has to sing. Yes. She gets recognized the moment she comes in, and Blaine's like, I knew you would love it, because they're going to recognize yep. you. And um, the bartender's like, oh, aren't you Rachel Berry? It's your opening night. You have to sing. It's tradition. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and <laughs> they, she sings Pumping Blood. Yes. Which it's like the most incongruous song. Choice Glee has ever ever had i i literally mean, ever i mean
1: maggie we've had some real weird shit in the past but i agree that this is just bizarre because like
2: it's like a whistling yes like, youtube tutorial <laughs> tutorial like royalty free vibe yes well because
1: she, she so it's all these like the thing is like we we have the main cl- the like main squad it's, here if you but... haven't
2: heard the song it's the bit it's the song that's like it's alive. It's pumping blood, and everyone's whistling. And then there's like the... that. Yes, one. Um, it, it, Sam can whistle better than me, though. Can you? Can I you hit I end? honestly
1: can't remember how it goes at this moment in time. I all I can tell you.
2: Dun, 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 dun. Oh That's yeah. The... Yeah. Oh, that was really good. Well, so yeah,
1: so it's it's a lot more upbeat than you would expect for a name like Pump and Blood. Um, but I mean, I guess maybe that makes sense. Yeah, it's not nearly as gaudy. Yeah, but. As you'd hope. But so effectively, I feel like this was just an excuse for them to have, like, all the characters, like, s- strip tees and also, like, all these random extra strip tees that are all, like, Why gorgeous men. Why is
2: Adam Lambert in this episode? I don't know. Adam Lambert should be I here. Mean,
1: is I this really Star Child scene, though? Like.
2: Also, <laughs> where the fuck are Rachel's dads?
1: <laughs> That's a good point. Where
2: are High... Where are High and Leroy? I was I assumed they would be here. The, the like description of the episode that said that special guests were gonna see Rachel's opening night, is that all of these people? I think I think is it's that Sue and Will. Will? <laughs> Why aren't her dads here? I like, mean, what? maybe they
1: disapprove of her choice to leave Niada, and they're protesting.
2: <gasps> oh, but that to miss the opening <laughs> night of Rachel's funny girl, funny girl when they've. Gr- when they've groomed her for this her whole life,
1: Maggie, they're making the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> they're believing in a boycott. Um. So anyway, uh, they're all yeah. So they, it's it's fun. Rachel
2: signs someone's naked back. Yes.
1: There's also During a, a s-
2: song. There's also a swing. swing.
1: That, yeah. That was what I was gonna because like these two guys that are shirtless are like dancing on these ropes, and then it turns out that it was a swing, and they like push Rachel in it, and she's like swinging over the club like dance floor so weird. And that's
2: it. That's That's it. it.
1: Um, So then we cut the... It
2: also does seem to be, like, fucking day inside of this bar, too. Yes. The lighting from that Holly Holiday number... Would have... Yeah. Where my girl wants to party all the time was so much better than the lighting here. (laughs) Well, Maggie, this has
1: all natural windows, so the sunrise just, like, pokes up mm -hmm. into the club, because that's how that works. Um...
2: (laughs) Sure. Uh so the gang gets back to the loft early in the morning. Uh and uh Tina got the gay DJ's number. Uh Santana is uh tired and wants to take her shoes off. They all just sort of collapse. Yes. Um I think uh notable things is that Sam passes out on the couch immediately. Also Blaine goes to the bathroom. Oh, yes there's a, there's a, a very specific show where we see blaine close the door to the bathroom yes i was gonna like make a, a note of it in my notes like why the fuck is this happening but then it, it, yeah there's um, a
1: reason you find yeah. out
2: there's a reason um and uh so, tina's like i got the dj's number and then uh someone is like he's gay yes use your, <laughs> your eyes tina yeah you hear like Blaine's voice being like, Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs>
1: yep. And then uh Rachel's like, I'm I'll make coffee for everyone. And then Mario arrives wearing Kurt's very short leopard print robe, like silk yes. robe. And he's like, Oh, yep. I'll take mine black, thanks. And everyone just stares at him because they're like
2: Everyone's like, Who the fuck are you? Why are you in my apartment? Yes. And um then Sue comes out and she's also in a very strange (laughs) moo. um yep yep and uh and it's like oh well he's here because we had sex all over your apartment and she's like maybe you're gonna want to deep clean that couch before anyone gets on it and then we get a flash of sam completely passed out on top of well yes because santana
1: like jumps off and is like oh like yeah
2: yep And uh, Spichemin and Sue make out a little bit really disgustingly. (laughs) It's just, like, really gross. I don't know how they made it so gross, but it's gross. I mean,
1: let's be real. Jane Lynch and Chris Parnell have worked on so much shit together that, like, they just kind of have, like, that natural gross chemistry that, like, comedians have. Mm. Especially, like, improv comedians. Where they just start, like...
2: Where they can make their kisses really (laughs) They just kind of, like,
1: eat each other's bottom chins. It's so gross. just, like...
2: I don't want to be... I I don't want anyone to say that I'm not sex positive, but... In regard to these two people and what they have done in this apartment that does not belong to them, I am not positive. <laughs> I feel very negative. That
1: was okay. About all when, of it. When we were watching this, I turned to Chris and, like, I was like, why the fuck would you bring a stranger into the home of your 19-year-old former students and have sex all over everything? And then I realized what I was saying and I was like, oh, this is the most Sue thing that's ever happened.
2: Yeah, like Sue, Sue. Decided to do that the moment she locked eyes <laughs> with Spachevin when they were trying to scalp tickets. Yes. Sue was like, This is what I'll do. Yep. This is what I'll do tonight. Yep.
1: Um, um, yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, Santana tries to rail into Sue. She's getting ready for it. And Rachel cuts her off to get in there, tell Sue that she doesn't understand love, that love was the answer this whole time, and that um, Sue needs to get the fuck out of her apartment. And, and, uh, yeah, while this is happening, um, Blaine exits the bathroom yes. <laughs> right behind Sue <laughs> to be, to be on the, um, the lower right-hand corner of the shot, just like, oh, yes. as, as Rachel, um, really gets into yes. it.
1: The, a, a small, a small <laughs> moment of comic relief as Rachel tells Sue that she'll never have love in her life. Um,
2: love that and blaine, blaine just sort of like squints yes. <laughs> and like makes a variety of facial expressions down there yep. sure yep
1: um and then yeah so like you were saying they get banished and sue has a line where she's like suddenly i don't feel welcome here at all and it's like oh my god um it's funny though jane and, lynch is such uh, a good actress like
2: yeah, yeah the delivery from Jane Lynch is hilarious of course yes. um but it is just it's just frustrating that this plotline is happening yes. cuz i don't give yep. a shit you know um and Spichemin is tries to in, engage with Kurt being like dude this robe where would you get it and Kurt's just like keep it yes. <laughs> just and, keep and it and then
1: everyone applauds Rachel for standing up to Sue. <laughs> <sale. laughs> it's like you know i feel like that would be a joke that one of us would make <laughs> but it legitimately <laughs> happens so
2: yeah, um, everyone claps. Now we go to the sidewalk outside the loft where they're trying to buy a New York Times, and we get a crotchety old newspaper salesman saying, uh, why do you kids even want the paper? It's going to be emailed to you. And it's like, you're selling them. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, yes.
2: Why do you want them to not buy uh, one?
1: He's just crotchety for the sake of being crotchety. Um, but Rachel grabs the paper. Sam pays for it. It's a fun note. Um, and then it gets hot potatoed around a little bit until Santana's like, I can't take it. I'm just going to read it right now. And she starts it off. And as they read the review, because it gets passed around um, for popcorn. Yes. um, It Mm -hmm. gets better and better specifically. It's mostly just a review of how great of a star. Rachel Berry is not really the show, just how good Rachel is.
2: She's described as a supernova. It's very glowing overall. And um, yeah, everyone's really happy for her and tina hugs her and everyone's very pleased and then we get a call from will schuster that rachel puts on speakerphone and will tells them that he made it back for the last few pushes yeah <laughs> um
1: god damn it i hate I get will that,
2: like yeah i just hate will like birthing a baby is gross but and but I shouldn't be reacting to it with a yuck it's just that the way will says it it's just gross yeah. yes hey, no it's just gross. well and yeah and go for it will tells them that he that it's a boy because Mercedes is like tell us what we want to know is it a girl or a boy
1: because society is gender this normative kid, and yeah
2: so this kid was assigned male at birth and uh will says that they're gonna name the baby daniel finn schuster
1: yeah yeah i mean i don't know where the daniel comes from but i'm sure it's like an emma name so that's normal i'm sure sure if will had his way it'd be named finn will jr schuster um so Mm, i don't know so
2: maybe um (laughs) maybe something even stupider (laughs) so then uh and go for it Sue and Spichamen oh. have well, a... Well, before
1: before puzzle. we get there, we do have a moment that I thought was worth calling out, which is at the end of this phone call, Will and Rachel confirm for each other that they feel completely happy for the first time in either of their lives, which hmm.
2: is rough, <laughs>
1: especially for Will, because he's, like, old. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, real. Um, and... Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, I don't I don't really give a shit about how Rachel's life affects Will. Sure. I mean, that's that, that sucks, sense. but
1: like Rachel, I think it's I think it's important to note that Rachel says that she feels completely happy for the first time in her life, which I don't know if that's true. I think she might just be saying it to appease Will, but we'll see. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's definitely makes sense that Rachel's happy because she just achieved her dream and got a, a glowing review from the New York Times yeah but is
1: she completely happy Maggie know. no
2: because no. she's still got that this this version of Rachel has a little tinge of sadness to her you know gives her some depth.
1: yeah um but anyway so back to Mario and Sue um he's escorting her to a taxi um she declined his offer to stay in New York City she says she's a big no oh.
2: but she loves New York City now because of that sweet day yes that <laughs> she got last yep. night uh and Spichemin does ask her to stay. She declines. And then she talks about how she loves Ohio, um, how she likes the baskets and... the Small pond nature of it all. And uh, she's like, could I convince you to come to Ohio? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm married to New York. And so so they must part. And they kiss some more. And it's even grosser (laughs) this time. Well,
1: and yeah, Mario tells Sue that... Rachel was wrong. She is lovable. Um, and then she gets in the cab. They kiss goodbye and she drives away. And we get a shot of her in the in the back of the taxi that immediately goes to Sue's corner where she's covering. Oh. Well,
2: there is there is like a, a weird bit when she's getting into the taxi oh, yeah. where like the driver tries to get her bag into the trunk. And she's like, no, don't touch it. Get in the car. You're driving. And then like... Mario tries to help her get her bag inside and she's like, I got this. And she just throws it in there. <laughs> yep. I'd like, why did they include any of I don't that? Know. Like, what is the narrative point <laughs> of any but of that? Sue
1: doesn't trust New York city cab drivers. I mean, there's also a racial element to it. Like it's just a lot of <laughs> like, Sue's a bad person. And for some reason, the show delights in showing us like weird, random examples of it. Um, anyway, we, we cut to Sue's corner. She's covering New York city for a second time. Um, she says that she stands by all of the comments that she made before.
2: It's still gross,
1: but she loves New York City because of that sweet dick.
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, and we get like some some weird like beauty filter shots of Rod and Andrea. What's her, Andrea? Yeah, like as they're like, "Wow, Sue." Well, like
1: it's it, it's great because she's like she's like, or you know, yeah, you know, like you could meet a random stranger um and you like have a night of and she she's like you you meet a random stranger and you just like fall in love and then like rod sh- shows rod's happy face and then she's like
2: and you have a night of sturdy love making <laughs>
1: all over the apartment of your former students and that's when we see andrea's like happy glowing beauty filter face and it's just like
2: what that's a verbatim quote folks <laughs> and then the episode's over yes it's over yep. Cause, fuck you.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a better way to encapsulate that. Like this whole episode is just like, fuck you.
2: Like, you wanted this to be about Rachel's triumph. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> okay, Manky. Along those lines, we have we we gotta take this to the. Oh shit. Uh.
2: It's podcast business. It's alive. It's podcast business and everyone is whistling. And then I'll cut in that Okay. That whistling bit from before. No, that was bad. Let's see. Um
1: I'm trying to figure it out Ugh.
2: In all of the world so far, I'm the greatest podcast business or
1: Yeah, I just <laughs> That was oh really good too. What's How does Loveful go again? Um
2: Love me, me, love me. Say that's, it's the podcast podcast. podcast
1: fool podcast. me, fool me. Tell it's me all the podcast The gold business. stars. Yeah. Okay. I think that's our. I think that's our good cut, Maggie. But it's, but it's a, a metaphor. metaphor, and metaphors are, are important. important. Gold stars are important because, because gold stars, stars are, are a metaphor, metaphor for, me for me being, being a star.
2: star. First off, we're gonna do some gold stars. Sam, who's your gold star going to? I mean,
1: Maggie. We have to recognize the true gold star. Yeah. It's gotta be Rachel, right? Like
2: Of course. Of course. It's Rachel for me as well.
1: Um, I know the show
2: the show wanted to make it (laughs) so, but it's
1: not. It absolutely is not. Rachel is so good at this episode. Specifically, I love the scene where she is rebuffing all of the people trying to help her like feel better. Yeah. Like literally, she just pulls a knife from nowhere to cut these guitars. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Anyway, it's Rachel.
2: I, I want to shout out the, um, like the, the ensemble this episode, yeah. too. I really enjoy the Glee Club, well, former Glee Club, moving around as a sort of Greek <laughs> chorus. <laughs>
1: yes. No, it's, it's so true. Um, and they all hate Tina still.
2: And they all hate <laughs> Tina. How much bonding. <laughs> Yay. Um, and now we're going to do best number. We have Love Fool, NYC, The Greatest Star, Who Are You Now, and Pumpin' Blood
1: oh my god it started off so good with with uh loveful but i ended up so i picked who are you now mostly because Mm. i do actually really like getting to hear jane lynch sing um and i think the duet with her and Leah michelle is actually very well done and
2: but the narrative reasoning yeah it's
1: pretty bad um (laughs) But I just... I don't know. There was something about it that just really worked for me. And also, Rachel crying in a not-ugly way is also very good. Like...
2: (laughs) You don't want her to ugly cry in front of everyone during her Broadway debut? No.
1: No, I want her to be successful, Maggie. Um.
2: No, I do too, of course. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to choose Love Fool because I think it's honestly the best number from the episode. Which... Sort of sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yep. uh, Because NYC, I do like the song, but it just—it feels so
1: fillery. Like,
2: yeah, and it's just oh, you know, Jane Lynch wants to do another number with Matt Morrison before the show's over.
0: And okay, yeah, Yeah.
2: and greatest—the greatest star, like I said, Kurt did it better. Yes, (laughs) and. Uh, that's the real tea. What's up? And then, who are you now? I just can't get over like the sort of narrative sure. hump <laughs> there. Um, over. Also, I don't know. It just feels a little lackluster to me as well. That's fair.
1: Like, no, and I I, I can it, see that. I I can agree that like Love Fool is like very bombastic and like fits really well and is very well done. It's but... also
2: like such a good. Just <laughs> train sequence. That's true. To convey Rachel's anxiety, uh, and pump and blood. Like I said, is the weirdest, like jangly car commercial music. Yes. Maggie, Volkswagen commercial music. You've
1: convinced me. I'm changing mine to Love Fool as well. You're you're right. Yay. It is. uh yeah. I was I was just trying really hard to try to incorporate and the Sue shit, but it doesn't the fit. The
2: weird the band and weird costumes? Oh my god. Yeah, like, the shakes here yeah. on
1: the drums. Oh, perfect. Um <laughs> but yeah, so
2: and guitar boy was there too, but he was wearing a suit. Yes. <laughs> was he cosplaying as Doc Shepherd? Maybe. I don't know.
1: Um so then, Maggie, we move to the last piece of podcast business, the most important piece, the slushy rating. Um I'm mm. going to give this episode 3 out of 5 slushies because it sucks. Nice. <laughs> like
2: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for four, That's, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like Um yeah. because the the storyline I liked was Rachel's. Yep. Obviously. Um, but it's so soured by how they framed yep. it with this like Will and Sue garbage. Yep.
1: No, I yeah, I completely agree.
2: And where are Rachel's dads? <laughs> where are they? Seriously. Maggie
1: Jeff Goldblum costs a pretty penny. Um,
2: I get that he costs money, but like maybe they'd get more viewers if they actually invested.
1: <laughs> no, Maggie, they had to bring back Gwyneth Paltrow. And, um, uh, no, Kyron and
2: Leroy were the best guest stars. You cannot convince me.
1: Well, Maggie. Any other Maggie, way. Brad Falchuk was trying to get into Gwyneth Paltrow's pants, so they had to get her back on the show. So
2: That's why they had to get her on the
1: anyway, show. Anyway, yep. yeah, I, I agree with you. I think part of it for me, it's really funny, like watching it with Chris, Chris was like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> Like, why is Sue here? <laughs> why is this storyline here? I didn't want it. I don't need it. And like, I I think we all agree on that. It's all very much like, what the fuck is this doing here? Why did you get your Sue in yeah. my fucking Rachel? Like, get it, get her out of there. <laughs> Ugh.
2: Totally. It's like you know, toothpaste and peanut yeah. butter. I don't want it. It's like, I don't. It's want like it. gay
1: sex in front of my salad. Um,
2: hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah no this episode sucks um except it's not my issue Is i didn't want to go four or five slushies on it mostly because i feel like the rachel pieces are very good and like the greek yeah, chorus of the glee club is also pretty good um it's just yeah i, I feel like that's the thing is yeah. i'm
2: also angry that emma isn't in this episode <laughs> at all. even though
1: she gave birth <laughs> to another like human being yeah yeah, yeah
2: presumably in the story yeah. Uh, maybe Gemma Mays is just, like, too busy to be in the episode. Yeah, but, like... she was
1: filming Paul Bart Mall Cop 3. Um, sad that mm. fell through. So, anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: um, I'm pretty sure she's, d- no, she's not dead in the canon of Paul Blart. No, she just left Paul him. Paul Blart's mom yeah. is dead.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, man, I'm so excited for Thanksgiving this year. Anyway.
2: I am not. I don't want to watch Paul Blart again. The bit where he gets like the CGI ice cream drops it's, on his face—it's so gross. Why is it even CGI? <laughs> Just do it practical. It's cheaper.
1: Because Maggie, how else are they supposed to make it like look like jism? Um. Anyway, <laughs> too far off topic. I think that's all we have to say about this terrible episode of Glee. Um.
2: Yeah. Well, I I do want to congratulate the fictional character Rachel Berry for. Uh, you know, can, uh, achieving her dreams. Can we just take a moment to um, have some applause from the uh, two of us? Yes. Are you ready? Here we go. Good job, yes. Rachel.
1: Bravo. Bravo. That's the end of this episode. Um, as per usual, you can contact us on Glee on Twitter or by email, snmhateglee at gmail.com. Um, as a note, I mean, this will come out probably, I think the like anyway me and Maggie both have some life stuff going on in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. which for you will mean that it's happening like right now so um just be aware that if we're not very responsive to things at the moment it's mostly because we're really busy so sorry yeah
2: we are um we're both moving across the country yes. so <sighs> it's just it's just it's going to be a yes. lot okay yeah. it's going to be a lot but we're going to do our best to try to get them out for you on our, on our regular schedule Because we want to finish yes. this it, well, it needs to be <laughs> <Yes>. done <laughs>
1: um, But yeah so uh, Just be aware um, I mean obviously I think this will literally Come out the week like, like It's supposed to come out a, a few days after we move Or Wait no mm. Maybe not It doesn't matter so anyway just be aware That's a thing um, we also have an Instagram At SNM hate glee um, Maybe some pictures who knows um, And then uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash snmhateglee, um, and we push all a large majority of the proceeds um, that we get there to donating ourselves to try to do some of the work that Glee claimed to do but didn't really do a good job of. So right now, we're donating to the Trans Law Center. Um, honestly, that's probably we're going to donate through the rest of our show, just because...
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, tra- the Trans Law Center does great work.
1: Next week, we're going to be back with Season 5, Episode 18, The Backup Plan.
2: The backup plan. It says in the Netflix description that Blaine is going to befriend elderly a, woman, a wealthy socialite. Yes.
1: Um, it it ooh. also, to <laughs> okay. be fair, it also says that she's going to convince him to break up with Kurt. So
2: ooh drama, yes. drama. Um, you know, Clayne was like super normal this episode. Yeah,
1: no kidding. <laughs> they they kind of put aside their Blaine differences. Was, like back to like yeah. sort
2: of. <laughs> completely even keel yes. i i think it was i i guess
1: the the matthew mcconaughey diet really works
2: yeah he is trim and i guess having like living apart is doing some good for them well um kurt getting some alone time with with bruce also also his primary partner his boy i was gonna Philip. say
1: blaine has also i guess frequented this like bizarre gay bar which has so much yeah, lighting. but
2: kurt didn't Kurt didn't seem surprised when they were there, so so. maybe they they went together.
1: Maybe it's saving their relationship. That's everything. Mm -hmm. Next week we'll be back with that episode, the backup plan. But until then, I've been Sam,
2: and I've been Maggie, and we hate (laughs) Glee.